Welcome back, Cartel. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Saturnalia. If you're a pagan, if you're a witch, if you're into Wicca, uh, if you're whatever mindset that you're in. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's Boxing Day. So, uh, whatever, dude. I, I got uh, a very cool guest on. His name is Twisted Reaper. Um, you will learn why he names himself that. He's a trucker. And he went through some shit. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, guys, uh, it was such a fun episode. I'm so glad to have him on. Uh, once again, I think, uh, my last guest I met on the Hall of Duty. Uh, no, two episodes ago. Uh, that was Ken. But, yeah, this is another guy I met on Call of Duty. And, uh, yeah, we just, uh, vibed so well. And, uh, yeah, guys, he's, he's got some great fucking shit to tell you. And uh, I love you guys. And sit back, uh, smoke a dupe, drink a beer, do what you got to do, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Red Pill Cartel. I am your host, Davey Wavy, and tonight we have uh, Twisted Reaper 74. How are you, brother? How you doing? I'm doing great. about yourself? Uh, pretty fantastic, man. I was just yeah. playing uh, Battlefield and... Uh, getting a shitload of kills with, with my tank and it was fun <laughs> <laughs> right I, I never could get into the battlefield that much it's a different ball game for sure yeah yeah uh, um but yeah man so introduce yourself a little bit here well uh i go by the handle twisted reaper it used to be reaper a few years back but uh, a little over two years ago i got hit then by you- a tornado sitting in my truck so I changed oh, it. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, was, that, was wild ride. <laughs> that would put the twisted in there. <laughs> oh yeah, it definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild, man. Were you injured yeah. at all or? No, uh, I just got woke up and you know, I'd never actually been in a tornado, even though I spent a year in Oklahoma. Uh, this was in Rushville, Indiana at my, uh, trucking company's terminal. And, uh, I got woke up and the truck was shaking and I'm like, what is going on? And then the next thing I know, it's like they, like they say, you know, you hear this loud roar behind you. It almost sounds like a freight train. And I knew exactly what it was as soon as I heard that. And I sat down in the driver's seat, grabbed the steering wheel and said, here we go. Holy shit, dude. (laughs) ATM, ATM. (laughs) Oh, that. The messed up part about it was when you when you speak of M- NTM, just like three, maybe four hours before that, I was on the phone with a girlfriend coming through northern Indiana, uh, up off of uh, 65, I think it was 65, well, they got all those wind turbines, and uh, the wind was blowing around pretty good up through there, and I told her on the phone, I said, don't be surprised if I call you from Oz later. Oh, my God. And people are like, well, you jinxed yourself. I said, well, I guess. I'm just (laughs) – and I'm kind of lucky it was only an F2. But to be completely honest with you, no BS aside, I was kind of – kind of upset. Not really upset, but kind of disappointed it didn't pick me up and throw me somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) So you were were grounded then? Yeah, I, it, it shook me around. It moved my truck. There was another truck sitting beside me that had a uh, bulk tank full of sand on it. It had about 60,000 pounds of sand. 
and uh, it pinned me up against that truck, and a trailer that was beside me pinned up against me, but all the empty trailers that were behind me, which there was probably seven or eight brand new ones that didn't even have numbers on them yet, got picked up, flipped. Some of them were sitting on top of each other. Uh, I did some video recording after it was all over, and I believe the one of the local news stations actually used the footage from my video that I uploaded on uh, Facebook. Hey, that's crazy, man. But How long ago was that? It's uh, been a little over two years ago now. Wow. You could probably still see it like it was yesterday. Yeah, sort of. Of course, yeah. I, said I was asleep, so I had my, my uh, window curtains drawn. So I'm not seeing anything. All I'm doing is feeling it and hearing it. You know, it, it was it was almost like it wasn't real, but then again, it was real. Right. And it, it was like a, a free roller coaster ride, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Probably a little bit more fucking terrifying, though, because you don't know if you're going to be like, you know, tossed about or or survive or anything, you know? Right. right. And I was and again, the only you know, you don't know that about a roller coaster either, though. It could derail. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I think we all we all have seen uh, Final Destination and three. Made it, yeah, made it, uh, <laughs> not want to be on a roller coaster again. Jeez, right? But that was on a Saturday afternoon, and I was the only driver on the yard, and there was two guys in the maintenance shop that didn't even know I was there. Holy shit! <laughs> Yeah, it was a trip, that's for sure. They're like, damn, dude, we didn't know you were there. (laughs) (laughs) Good thing I didn't get tossed into the next county then. Wow, I'd say. Well, this that that was a treat because I wasn't expecting that story. That's pretty awesome. Right, right. Um, That's where I got my CB handle, Twisted Reaper. That's pretty awesome. So... Okay, tell tell the audience here what uh, what it was like for you when you you know first had your eyes open and given the grace of God, so to speak. Well, it goes back a, a pretty good amount of years here, and I don't know about anybody else, but with me, time just kind of melts together anymore. Uh, I don't really know how many years exactly was what. Uh, I have no very few recollection of childhood memories. Um, but a little backstory on that. I was adopted by my aunt and uncle when I was four. Um, my biological father was murdered by his brother when I was eight, but I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Found out later on. Uh, and growing up, I grew up in a Southern Baptist home. My dad was a preacher, and uh, he was pastor of the church that we went to for about six, either six or eight years. But Your biological father was? No, my my uh, adopted father. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up in church, and, and I never, I mean, there were times where, you know, it felt good. But then there were other times where I just didn't seem to really get it, if right. you know what I mean. It never really clicked. There was too many questions that I had. 
And, uh, you know, I didn't pay much attention to it when I got older. Um, I haven't been, I haven't stepped foot in a church in well over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what really got me to looking into more of the spiritual aspect of things, um, I've always had a, a good heart and just, you know, I call it the Superman syndrome. I want to save everybody. Right. But, uh, I got into a relationship with an alcoholic girl, met her online. And it was like instant. As soon as I seen her picture, it's like, whoa, kind of thing. Something deep inside me says, basically, I know this person. There's something extremely familiar about them. So we started dating, uh, found out she was alcoholic, went through a lot of stuff with that, a lot of emotional trauma. Um, and I still swear to this day that I actually sat in front of her speaking to an entity that had come into her during a blackout. Uh, and the reason I say that is because it spoke to me in third person. Uh, it it looked at me with, it's almost indescribable. It was almost like a little twinkle in the eye. And And this was, it was using her as a vessel, correct? Yes. Uh, and got this smirk on her face and she looked at me she said i'll cut her open before i let you have her holy shit and then she took a knife that she had laying beside her cut her wrist wiped it on my face and on my shirt and of course she didn't do it deep enough to really cause any serious damage but at first it freaked me out i'm like what the and then i stopped and i'm like no man this ain't, uh-uh, I ain't going to deal with this. So right. I looked right back at her and I said, look, I've got a friend of mine that's a lot stronger than you are. And if you don't go away, I'm going to call on him. I tell you, not 30 seconds later, her head dropped. And when she looked back up, it was her. It left. Uh, a few minutes later, she was asleep. And You could, you could tell that it really wasn't her speaking right yes yeah i could tell by looking in her eye and it wasn't wasn't just the alcohol speaking no she do that right (laughs) when you get into something there's a reason they call alcohol spirits it goes way back when you get into that blackout stage your consciousness soul or whatever is not in full control so that allows any kind of negative entity to kind of scoot its way in if it wants to. Uh, but I come to realize that she had actually invited this thing into her life, uh, whether consciously or subconsciously. Uh, she was struggling with a lot of things that she couldn't work past. And I experienced it one more time. And I basically looked. And I, said, I know what you are. And I know what you're here for. She's invited you in. And I'm going to tell you right now. You don't mess with me. And I won't mess with you. I'll let you do your job. And the biggest smile come across her face. And that little twinkle in the eye. And I've never seen it again. Holy shit. You exercised her. No. That's what it seems like. 
Nope. It was still there. It just never confronted me again. Okay. Uh, it went on for a while, but long story short, in that experience, I experienced maximum range of emotions from one spectrum to the other. And in that experience was the first time that I had ever understood truly what unconditional love means. It means no matter what somebody does or says, you love them unconditionally. Right. And you forgive them. Which is but a very fucking difficult thing to do, really. What really, that was kind of like the very beginning. And then, you know, during some of her sober moments, uh, her and her mother introduced me to a book called Conversations with God. An Uncommon Dialogue by Neil Donald Walsh. And I thought, okay, yeah, I'll give this a read. Man, talk about an eye-opener. A lot of the things that I read in that book, just, it hit home with me. Uh, and I, I'm not sure if it was you that told me about that book before, or I've heard about it somewhere. Right. They, they actually made a movie about it several years ago. Okay. Uh, but like with everything else, the movie is not as good as the book. <laughs> it never is. But that got it started. And uh, we kind of drifted apart. And I went back by and visited with her one day. And she'd always try to get pregnant. And I always told her. And this was another thing with us. It was like every time I told her something was going to be a certain way, I had no idea. I mean, there was really no reason that I should know that it would be that way, but it always turned out that way. Uh, there was just some kind of connection. She didn't really understand it. I didn't understand it, but I just knew it was there. But I'd went by and visited, and she told me that, she was late, and I looked at her for a second. I said, well, you're pregnant. And she argued with me and was like, no, I've been trying. I can't. I said, how long have you been quit drinking? She said, uh, about four or five months. I said, you're pregnant. I always told <laughs> you, you would not get pregnant until you stop drinking. Right. Said, I'm not. She's like, well, yeah. So I took her to Walgreens. Got Two pregnancy tests, both positive. I told her that day that she would have a little boy and he would be born either on or within two days of my birthday. She had a little boy and he was born the day before my birthday. Holy Lord. That but is wild, man. That started it. Then I drove a taxi for about seven years and a friend of mine there at the taxi introduced me to another book, which completely changed my life uh that book was called many lives many masters by brian weiss md which talked about past life regression therapy okay and there's he's got several books in the series that's the first one uh i think the second one was through time into healing the third one was only love is real and there was just so much in those books and in the the stuff that he was doing 
it just really hit home with me. And, and that was the very first time in my entire life I was no longer afraid to die. Growing Isn't up that, in church, never got it. That's a beautiful feeling when you're like just not afraid to die anymore. Right. But as far as the conspiracy type stuff, I didn't really get into that until right after I started driving a truck. Uh, and, you know, of course, they call it conspiracy theory. That was a term created by the CIA to discredit anybody that was getting close to the actual truth. Ding, ding, ding. 100% correct. <laughs> so Make everybody but, who looks at the truth seem crazy. Yep, pretty much. And uh, they did that, come up with that term not long after the JFK thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, these are facts, that. people. These are facts. Look it up. I was just thinking of, uh, like I said, I drove taxi for seven years here in Knoxville, Tennessee. And I had one experience that just really stuck out with me. Uh, the company that I drove for, we had a contract with a place over in West Knoxville. It was a spiritual wellness center. And I remember one morning there was a group that we were going over there to pick up and bring back to the airport. I went, picked up one group, met the lady that run the place. And there was this little bitty Indian gentleman come out in his, in his robe. And uh, they called him Swami. And he come out, he just had this big smile on his face when he seen me. He shook my hand and of course, like I said, the whole time I stand there, he just smiling at me. And I thought, what is wrong with this fellow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I've never met this man before in my life. And here he is standing there smiling at me like I'm a long lost friend. But I picked those people up and uh, took them to the airport, went back to get the second group. I go back and, of course, they weren't ready right away. So I'm standing there. And, of course, Swami, he comes out. This time he comes up and gives me a hug. And I thought, what in the world is going on with this little fella? <laughs> I this man giving me a hug. I don't know. Whatever, whatever he's on, I want some. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I got to talking to the, the lady that run the place. And, of course, I mentioned something about astral projection. And she's like, don't go to the astral plane. She said, go higher because there are things on the astral plane that are not nice. And I'm like, okay, you sure about that? She looked at me and she said, yes, because you're a lover, not a fighter. And I'm thinking, how in the hell does this woman know this? She does not know me, but she, she, yeah. <laughs> I was just yeah. like freaking out there for a second. I looked over at Swami. He's still smiling at me and it clicked. I'm like, my aura, right? Yeah, and I was going to say, she probably, like, yes. she probably saw your aura. That's why she could tell, right? Right. And then I got that group. We started back to the airport, and I was telling them about my my spiritual beliefs. And about halfway back to the airport, one of them said to me, he says, now we know why Swami likes you so well. <laughs> That's crazy, dude. <laughs> cool. But I felt so good the whole rest of the day. And it's funny, too, because you think it's like initially in that moment, you're probably like, fuck, these people are nuts, right? <laughs> well, I, 
not really. I mean, there was something in me that said, Hey, this is, this is a good experience. You know, there's nothing weird going on here, but it was still not experiencing something like that before. It was a little offsetting. Sure. For sure. It, it's got, got your, your gears in your mind going, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> kind of yeah. <laughs> not freaked out. Like I said, I've always been, you know, a loving person. It didn't bother me, but it was just, what's going on here? Right. Like you didn't know how to read them, right? <laughs> right. Basically know how to knew how to read you though. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> I still I, like I, I wish I could see people's auras like I hear people say. Like I believe mm -hmm. people can, right? But it right. takes a certain kind of uh, frequency to be on in order, in order to see that shit. You know what I mean? Right. I've been told that uh, a lot of meditation practices can help you learn to see that. Uh, there was a guy that I drove taxi with. A really cool dude. Uh, he uh, practiced Buddhism. But he was he was a southern guy just like me. Uh, but he practiced Buddhism and he could see ours. So, I mean, um, like, I wonder what it looks like. You know what I mean? It's basically from what I understand. It's not this big flashy, you know, dance party kind of thing. It's just, have you ever looked very subtle? Have you ever looked at like your hand and just kind of space out for a minute? Like you're not really focusing on anything. Yeah, and you can see kind of like see, a train. Yeah, like waves, almost like yeah. heat coming off of a blacktop. Yeah. Okay, that is part of your energy that surrounds your body. When you're able to focus on it enough, then you can see the colors of those energies. I got you. I got you. But that's probably something to practice. Like, thing, even just look at your hand and try to focus on the outline of it and see what you see, right? Right. It's, it's actually the practice of not focusing. Mm -hmm. You just, you just let your, it's almost like focusing on everything in your view at the same time, but not actually focusing on anything. It's right. It's kind of hard to explain. But the thing is, is that everything is made of energy. Is it not like everything yes. in this physical realm? Yep. Everything all energy. Creation, everything in this universe Every other universe, everything in creation is energy. It just vibrates on different frequencies. Right. Tesla once said to first understand, I believe it was Tesla, to first understand the universe, or to understand the universe, you must first understand frequency. I think a lot of people are tuning into that these days. Yeah. There, there's there's a reason this is called the Great Awakening. Yep. A lot of people are waking up. There's still quite a few that are asleep and refuse to see or acknowledge because they're stuck on what they were taught. Right. They're they're in that they're in that phase that they they're non accepting of new ideas. Right. Right. You know, so uh, just like ev ev evolution comes with, you know, the death of the old way, right? I mean, yes. And we're not talking evolution of like like how Darwin fucking describes it, where we came from, like a primordial fucking super stew. 
Right. Monkeys and then evolved from monkeys. Then I don't know about you, man, but I don't remember ever being an amoeba. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't have any ancestry down there either. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so what is that fucking missing link? I think the missing link is the spirit and the fact that we've been lied to. I'm glad you said missing link because uh, that brings me around to the Anunnaki. I know uh, we've talked and you said that you're, you've heard of the Anunnaki. Oh, I definitely know about the Anunnaki. Right. That, uh, in my opinion, now, when I talk about that kind of stuff, I'm not saying it's exactly right. I'm just saying this is my opinion. This is what feels right to me. What feels right this, to me may, may not be right for somebody else. This is Twisted Reaper <laughs> speaking. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it's different for everybody. We're all on different paths. And occasionally we can meet up with somebody that's on a very similar path or a parallel path. Well, that comes back to frequency again. Uh-huh. Uh, but the Anunnaki, in my opinion, are the ones responsible for that missing link between Homo erectus and Homo sapien. There was just like this big, huge jump. And according to the ancient Sumerian tablets, uh, the Anunnaki were responsible for that. The Sumerian tablets tell the same story as stories as the Bible, but they're told from an ET perspective and not angels and demons. Okay. And they're also thousands of years older than anything from the Bible. Yeah, predating the Bible by like yeah. centuries. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I found it kind of weird when, see, I didn't know anything about the Anunnaki until after I started driving a truck. Probably six months in, I met up with a guy. I said something about ETs or something like that one day. And he's like, man, I've got a buddy of mine that you guys will get along well with. Not five minutes later, he called me up. We were on the phone for like three hours. <laughs> but uh, Billy Carson, he's got a website called ForbiddenKnowledge.com. He's I'm familiar he's with him. The, yep. Yep. He's one of the foremost uh, knowledgeable people on the Anunnaki. Uh, and Gerald Clark, I think, was another. But I haven't heard anything from him in a long time. Uh, but that's when I got the introduction to that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, I got to listening about them and Inky and, and Enlil. Yep. And it kind of made me think of the, the Old Testament in the Bible. With uh, always, Jacob and Esau, right? No, it was more of the, the overall gist of the thing. One of the biggest problems I had with the Bible was God set down the commandment, thou shalt not kill. But yet in other places in the Bible, it says that He's God killed the left, right, and kill these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm I have a hard time with that myself. What's, what's, and everybody that I've ever asked about it in church, they were all, well, there's a time for everything. There's a time for peace. There's a time for war. And so why make that one of the main commandments, for fuck's sakes. Yeah. I'm like, that just doesn't make any sense. And then when I found out about the Anunnaki and found out about Enlil being the, the military general, 
and he was basically the ruler at the time and how the people seen them as gods because they were so much more advanced it clicked it made sense so i'm like okay well the god in the old testament was not the creator god that was enlil because he would get angry at the people for not doing what he wanted them to do right that's the way i saw it anyway hence god's (laughs) wrath right I think the the Bible is just a, an amalgamation of all of the past uh, ideas of the Anunnaki, right? Right. And the 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 parasites took it and made their own story about it. So, yep. do you believe that Yahweh or Yahuwah is like evil? Well, it's uh, Yahweh and Yeshua. Right. They're the same entity, I believe. Now. When it comes down to that, I don't believe they're evil. Um, and I'm not sure that I really believe in evil, so to speak. But it's kind of one of those things that, that I, I read in the, the conversations with God. You take individual people. They have different thought patterns. They have different ideas about things. Sure. Like me and you will do something. And, you know, to us, that's that's good. Somebody else will do something that we don't agree that's good, but it might be something that's okay with them. Well, like you have parasites. Yeah, the parasites that run this world, they probably don't think that they're fucking doing any evil. Right. And even heard it stated that Hitler thought he was doing the right thing in his own mind, which right. most of the rest of the world disagreed. Yep. <laughs> but it, it just, to me, it goes back to negative energy, ser- uh, service to self. What can I get for me? And positive energy, which is what can I do for somebody else? How can well, I help somebody else? Yeah, I've, I've often heard this in like, um, uh, like uh, what do you call it? Uh, non-denominational churches where the pastor would say it's Christ is like other-centeredness, right? Yes. Service it's, to others. Exactly. That's, that's what separates the negative from the positive. Uh, but then you, gotta find that, you also got to find that balance as well, right? Where you have to have... You have to be selfish at times, you know, to get like to survive, you know. Well, in this in this current third dimensional density world that we live in, I can see that. But then again, it's also where that's a society thing, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Society says, well, you got to do this for yourself. But it also boils back to if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of others. That's very true. But that doesn't mean be selfish. Right. Uh, I don't don't think that's that goes along with that term. Not like not like selfish, selfish, like I'm going to store up all my riches here on this planet. (laughs) 
but <laughs> right. like, more like I got to take care of myself so that I can take care of other people. Just like you said, it's like, it's, it's a yin and yang effect. It's a, it's a balancing act. Right. Right. And, and I guess a good term for it would be instead of selfish, it would be self love. Yeah. And I, kind of I think it's very dad, important. I kind of told my dad that, uh, a few weeks back. Uh, I told him, I said, Dad, I, I'm 47 years old. And finally, within the last couple of years, I'm okay with who I am. I love me as who I am. And I don't have to have that acceptance from other people that I grew up looking for all that time. Yeah. I agreed. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, man. I mean, not everybody's going to like you, but that doesn't mean to change who you are. And people go through things like I've always had my heart on my sleeve and I've been taken advantage of a lot. But you, you hear people talk about how they went through something like that and they just turned their heart cold. They don't do this. They don't do that. And I'm thinking, well, you just changed yourself because of that. Don't ever right. change who you are because somebody else decides to take advantage of it. Change what you got to change for yourself. You know what I mean? Like for self-love, self-care, right? Mm -hmm. Like you see negative aspects of your life. You need to change those. If you don't, I mean, like there's certain negative aspects that are not as overpowering as others. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, everybody's going to have negative aspects of their character, right? So uh, right. just like the, the most powerful ones that you know are hindering your life, those are the ones you need to change. Right. I, uh, the, the current lady that I'm with right now, when we first met, she, uh, she had been severely abused and left for dead. Basically. Uh, I met her when she was living in a battered women's shelter and I kind of got her. That was, I was, I would say that was at the peak of my spiritual growing. Um, I gave her an analogy. I could tell that she was really withdrawn from all the things that she'd been through. And I'm like, look, you've got walls. I understand you build the walls to protect yourself, but there's a problem with that. The walls keep things out. Yes. But they also keep you in. You Very cannot true. have a wall. You cannot show people the light that is within you that people might need to see if you've got a wall and you don't have to tear that wall down right away. You can put a window in, put another window in, then put a door. And then eventually you can start taking the walls down. But you might be an inspiration to somebody else being who you are. And if you've got walls and are afraid to show who you are, you might be missing out on helping somebody. I love that analogy. That's beautiful. It, right. it took me a lot. It took me a lot of um, getting out of my fear-based structure of reality to do my podcast too, right? Like, and now I've had people come up to me and they're like, dude, you inspired me to like fucking do something, you know? Right. Like, this is just like, me having conversations with people and putting it out to the fucking universe. That's all it is, dude. You know what I mean? Yep. 
And I'm like, if you can do that, like, fuck yeah. Or do something else. Like, if you're a musician, get out of that fear of what, what, other, what other people think about how you play or sing or whatever. Do what you got to do, man. Just get yourself out there, man. Yep. Now, as far as that goes, of course, I know you've heard me sing. <laughs> I've been singing yeah. since I was a little kid. And yeah, I remember- dude. I still have a problem with... Uh, breaking through that barrier too right so little by little right it's growing now i remember a, a story that my grandmother told me that i don't remember but i remember what she told me was they had gotten me a little toy christmas or a little toy guitar toy christmas <laughs> a little toy guitar for christmas one year and i would run around the house just planking on that thing and singing at the top of my lungs and she said she sat down with one of those old tape recorders and recorded me. And then when she got done, she got me to sit still long enough to listen to it. And she said when she hit play, I heard myself. And I looked over at the tape recorder, slapped it, and said, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny, man. I love that. But... Uh, it took a while to be comfortable. I used to sing in church a little bit here and there, but uh, in that alcoholic relationship, her dad had given me a guitar, and I wrote one of my first songs on that guitar. And I've written probably 20 since then. I've got a couple of them recorded, nothing published, just never really could save the money or, or you know, I guess I really didn't have that much confidence in myself. But... That's a huge factor. Yes, it is. I mean, I can get I can get up and sing in front of people now. It doesn't bother me. Uh, but that's something I enjoy doing. Um, I'll be driving down the road. A good song will come on. And I'll get on my CD in the truck and start singing. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, dude. I do it all the time. But, I'm definitely a car singer. But actually, like it was about 10 years ago, like I live in an apartment now, right? And I, with my ex relationship as well, uh, I was in an apartment with her and I couldn't fucking break out and bust out my guitar, my amp, and my microphone and just plod away. But like 10, 12 years ago, when I was still living with my parents in the basement, they would be in bed, like be cranking everything and playing guitar, getting stoned and just fucking wailing away and just perfecting uh, certain songs. Right. Right. But I, I wish I could do that still, but I'm just not in the living situation, you know? Yeah. When, and people ask me that have heard my songs, they're like, can you not write a happy song? <laughs> I'm like, actually, no, I cannot. Uh, I write about what I've experienced as far as, you know, sorrowful things, sure. uh, things that really hit people because pretty much everybody experiences the same things. And that's just, that's my forte. I'm a, I'm a ballad and a love song singer. Yeah. But of course I do the voices and stuff too. That uh, When I drove a taxi, it got me a lot of good tips. <laughs> oh, that's cool, man. Several different accents, different voices, and that started up when I, uh, back in my early twenties, when Beavis and Butthead came out. <laughs> yeah. I I would sit around and and get stoned and watch Beavis and Butthead, and then 
I think that it just popped out one day. I started doing their voices. And that's when I realized that I could mimic certain types of voices. Sure. Yeah. So that's been a hoot. <laughs> yeah, I, dude. I mean, like, that's a, that's a thing. Like, it's a, a lot of energy uh, output to do music. You know what I mean? And that's what I always look at music as is energy output. Like, because, you know, I work with all these young kids and I listen to, like, a lot of heavy metal and shit at work. Yep. And they're like, how do you listen to them? It's the energy that they output, dude. It's not that they're fucking, they want to go and rip somebody's head off or kill their mother or kill their sister or whatever the fuck you want, you want to call it. Right. <laughs> right. Most of the, most of the metal music is about self-empowerment. And it's also the, the artist is doing a lot of shadow work. Yep. And you never know. It's like you listen to a song and you're like, Oh, that's a really cool song. And then sometime later you find out the history of why that song was written. Like I listened to a lot of Aussie stuff growing up and never really understood it. And then I got to watching that show, the Osbournes. And then I go back and re-listen to some of the songs. I'm like, that's what he's talking about. Right. Like fire in the sky. That was one of my favorites that was written about his son, Jack and his drug addiction. Um, Bloodbath in paradise was written about Charles Manson. Uh, Miracle Mr. Man Crump is obvious. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, Miracle Man was uh, Jim Baker. I don't oh, know shit. if you're old enough to remember all of that. <laughs> yeah, I know Jim Baker and uh, Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, and, you know, of course, Ozzy was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's, and that kind of blew him away. But if you listen to the newest CD that he has, uh, it's got that song, Ordinary Man with Elton John. Beautiful song. If you listen to that whole CD, you can hear in a lot of the songs that it's really on his mind that he's, he's getting close to the end of his days. Dude, Ozzy's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> and, and I remember as a little kid saying, I'll never listen to Ozzy Osbourne. And then boom. Because <laughs> you're in a church, right? <laughs> right. I'm, I'm one of his biggest fans. I remember <laughs> growing up in church. Now, the, the very first metal that I ever listened to, uh, I'd been listening to country, and it got me thinking about dying. It was making me sad and depressed. And my uh, older brother, seven years older than me, was dating a girl. And I asked her if she had anything that I could listen to that wouldn't depress me. And she picked up a couple of cassette tapes. Of course, yes, back when cassette tapes were a thing. Sure. <laughs> I was there, too. Uh, she picked up two cassette tapes, handed them to me, said, listen to these and see what you think. So I went back home, popped them in the tape player. First song I ever heard in the metal genre was Turbo Lover by Judas Priest. Judas Priest, right. I was hooked. <laughs> I'm your turbo lover. Yep. And then the second cassette that she had given me was Docking, Back for the Attack. Oh, I don't know Dawkins very well. <laughs> Dude, you, you got to check that out. They're on Spotify, definitely. Oh, I, I, I know they are, like Don Dawkins, right? Yeah. Yeah, rocking with Dawkins. Fuck. <laughs> as long as it's not uh, Winger. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> okay, Stuart. <laughs> uh, 
Whoa, Stuart's got a wanger shirt. (laughs) 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 Dude, I could talk about music for like fucking like eons, man. Right, right. The one I get into with you here, uh, now that we're 45 minutes in, is uh, all the stuff you've been, you know. Uh, chatting with on the WhatsApp group, right? Yeah, so, uh, um, the whole Galactic Federation and shit. Yes, I just I just come to across me, video. Honestly, from... to me, it feels very foo foo shi shi woo woo. But I want to hear it your thoughts good. about it. I said to me, all that stuff sounds like foo shi shi woo woo. But I want to hear your <laughs> thoughts about it. Right now, you're not alone in that, brother. I mean, there's a lot of people that just don't believe in a lot of that. But I'm very open-minded. Don't get me wrong. I'm open-minded to it. What got me really into it, a couple of different things. You know, looking through history, uh, seeing recordings of flying craft. Um, in, even in the Bible, it talked about uh, chariots of fire in the sky. Yep, Um, and And the book of Enoch, you know, things that were left out intentionally, by the way, but all the names of the agents and whatnot, there's just all kinds of things that they found throughout history. There's also a lot of, sorry, sorry. yeah, sorry, I think in in the book of uh, Enoch, it, it shows, talks a lot about the flat earth too, like the dimensions of the earth and whatnot. I'm not sure about that part of it. I've never been big on the flat earth thing. Um, Not saying that it's not a possibility, but, you know, from what I listen to, they're like, no, it's not flat. It is. It is a sphere. But then again, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's based on everybody's interpretation. Uh, I'm not going to, look down on somebody because they think something different than I do. Exactly. That's not the right way to be. That's how I am too, man. But I just saw a thing from Dr. Michael Sala. You can find him on YouTube. And he's also got a website called exopolitics.org. He just published this new video and new report from a place called the Farsight Institute. Uh, a group of scientists that do, I don't know if you've heard of it, but they do, um, oh shoot, what's it called? Uh, remote viewing. Okay, yeah, I know that. Okay. Uh, I think they had four in the group, and they did not tell them where or what they were supposed to be remote viewing. They just gave them just one thing. And I believe it said all four of them came back with the same basic deal. They remote viewed a station, basically, a military station high in the atmosphere of Jupiter, belonging to the Ashtar Command. Which is not a spiritual thing, but no, and they, they I just are, saw that you posted it was like it's not a spiritual thing it's just like they don't interact with us right 
they, and this they that are taking that concept and they're um, making it seem like a spiritual thing, but it's not. It's a deception. Well, yeah, it's not a spiritual thing. They're a, they're a military group, right? They they pretty much uh, they work with the Galactic Federation of Worlds, which is very close to what Star Trek said, the United Federation of Planets. By the way, Gene Roddenberry was an ET contactee. Uh, was Gene Roddenberry a Freemason? Uh, I don't know that. I can't I can't speak on that because I don't know if he was okay. or was not. Okay. Um, I just know that he had been contacted by the nine, uh, and the nine are a group of entities, super consciousness, I guess you could say. And another way to put it, where they were the creator god's first children. Um, they are twelfth density, which the creator consciousness what people would consider God, the collective consciousness throughout the universe is 13th density. There is no density higher than him in our universe. These nine are 12th density. They're also... Hence why the number 13 is very special, right? Right. Um, Now, there are other densities in other universes, but in our particular universe, it goes up to 13, uh, which the nine are also referenced on the old Star Trek show, Deep Space Nine. They go okay. into the wormhole and they meet what they called the prophets, which were non-corporeal entities that can take on whatever form they wish. That so they're, they're ethereal. Yes, that was a reference to the nine. They live in the void in between time and space. That's where they exist. But they are such a high density of consciousness that they can go anywhere at any time and take on any form whatsoever. The only consciousness density higher than them is God the creator, which created everything we see. Is that like uh, other like shapeshifters essentially? Not in the well, old shapeshifters sense. are more corporeal though, right? Yeah, shapeshifters are corporeal. These are they're basically pure consciousness energy, and oh. as we spoke earlier, energy depending on its frequency, a high vibrational frequency or a low vibrational frequency, energy can appear solid or vibrate at such a high frequency that we can't see it right like think of a rock a rock is extremely low vibrational frequency which makes it solid to and us move unless it's picked up right now or drifting or whatever say for instance helium helium is an energy but it vibrates at such a higher frequency that we cannot actually see it but we know it's there That, that, kind of gives, that gives a idea on what I mean by frequency. I'm with you. Uh, yep. But with Dr. Michael Sala and the Farsight Institute coming out with that, um, that had confirmed, and they have no contact with us 
here. They have no real desire. Now, back in the 80s, I think it was either the early 80s or the late 70s, there was a TV broadcast over in Europe that was interrupted. I believe it was 1977. Okay. It was interrupted, and it was supposedly... That was fucking creepy, actually. One of the leaders of that Ashtar command gave us a uh, speech, basically. Yep. Uh, There was one other time that they had made contact, but they haven't done so in a very long time. Uh, They're more focused on basically working with the Galactic Federation as far as trying to keep our solar system in check against the bad guys, which are the reptilians, the Draco reptilians. Um, They come from Alpha Draconis. They're part of the, um, I believe they were part of the Orion group. Uh, Also, these these greys, kind of like what you'd see on that, uh, what was that movie with Mel Gibson? Oh, uh, 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 and he had the guy. The guy in it was that had played uh, Johnny Cash. I know what you're talking about. Why can I not think of the fucking name of the movie? <laughs> I can't think the name of it either. But it, it, like they spilled water on them, and it, it kind of messed with them. Right. Um, those are similar. I think that was a rep- representation of uh, the race called the Keeley Tokert according to Elena Denon. Okay. Uh, he's got a book that I had posted there in the uh, that chat the other day. The book is called uh, A Gift from the Stars. And she goes through and does illustrations and talks about the different ET races that she has had personal contact with and that she knows about. Uh, well, right. maybe not personal contact with, but what she was told about. By the way, uh, uh, the movie was called Signs. Signs, yeah, that's it. It's a great movie. Uh, those Paul Grays. Also, the movie uh, The Fifth Kind, I think, mm-hmm. about Nome, Alaska, and all the stuff going on up there. The Fourth Kind. That movie was terrifying. Yeah, The Fourth Kind, yeah. Uh, the creature spoke in ancient Aramaic, I believe it was. Yeah, and it disguised itself as an owl. Yes. Uh, they they have the technology to make you forget. Uh, right. they're, they're a lot more advanced technologically, and but the they're thing, not advanced spiritually. The thing that freaked me about, about that movie was the fact that, like, the guy said, because there was that guy that was so traumatized because mm-hmm. the owl showed him what they actually looked like, and he said, they disguised himself as an, owl, as an owl because you can't comprehend how terrifying they look. <laughs> right. Those are those are part of the Orion Collective, uh, the Greys, and they're also called the Naboo. But they they are some of the bad guys. They are they are the ones responsible for the treaty that was signed with the Majestic Twelve back during President Eisenhower's term. Okay. Uh, the Majestic Twelve were the elite and military leaders. Uh, the Greys had lied to them, telling them that they were us from the future and that they were dying. They needed our DNA to help save their race. 
and they would trade technology for war in exchange to be able to freely abduct people and do yeah. experiments. I've heard this too, yes. This is where Valiant Thor comes in, right? Yes. His name is actually Val Thor. He is a Pleiadian. Uh, he is part of the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Val Thor was President Eisenhower's contact from the Galactic Federation. Uh, they were working on signing a treaty, but the Majestic 12 went behind Eisenhower's back and signed with the Grays. Uh, when that was done, there had already been basically a contract with the negative entities, so the positive entities could not interfere with that directly. Uh, but they did. They have been working behind the scenes ever since then to try to help eliminate that bad influence. Normally, they would not get involved, just like on Star Trek, where it says the prime directive, do not interfere with the natural evolution of a species on a planet. Like, don't come up and show us your ship. Right. Kind of. that, hence why there's there hasn't been, like, full disclosure, right? Right. Uh, but with the Greys doing what they did, they they care nothing about that prime directive. They do what they want because they're service to self. So with them doing what they did, that allowed the positive ETs to come in behind the scenes. Um, there is an Earth Alliance that has been working with the Galactic Federation of Worlds. Um, one of the things that made me believe it was, I think it was two years ago, the former leader of the Israeli space program came out in an interview with a reporter and said, there is a galactic federation of worlds, planets. We, the United States and many other countries have been working with them for a long time. And this man was a highly respected person. So for him to come out and say something like that, that lent a little bit more credibility to me. Right. And who was that? He was the former leader of the Israeli space program. Oh, shit. I don't remember okay. his name. And I don't know if you've been, he can even find the video anymore because the powers that used to be, <laughs> they don't let stuff like that stay up very long. Yeah. Well, YouTube, we uh, YouTube is censored so much shit. Like you could, you could go down so many rabbit holes on YouTube, like ten years ago, five years ago. Right. And now they censored it so much to the point where, like, you can't like find flat Earth videos barely because they're like banning flat Earth videos. Like, why is that? Mm -hmm. you know? like we're supposed to have like it's supposed to be freedom of speech. It's supposed to be you can say whatever the fuck you want. And now it's just, it's like banning everything at all fucking angle. Crazy. Yeah. Well, it doesn't fit with their political agenda. Yeah. Their alignment. So they get rid of it. Uh, there's certain words that you can't say in your videos on YouTube because they have an algorithm that constantly searches for that. And they will first ban you for a certain amount of hours. 
then they'll demonetize you if you're monetized. And yep. then they eventually just completely wipe out your account and you cannot create another. They did that with David Ike a couple of years ago. Not only YouTube, but Facebook, Twitter, all of them completely eliminated David Ike from being able to put anything up. I've heard a lot of uh, uh, stuff about that. Uh, David Ike, Alex Jones, and what have you, even Tripoli yeah. are like controlled opposition. Now, what really got me started into the whole con- the ET thing, a um, few years back, I worked night shift at Rubbermaid making Sharpie markers. <laughs> and uh, I'd come home one morning and went to sleep. And I had this dream. And I- I've had certain types of dreams that have just made a, a serious impact. I hear um, you on that. I was standing outside somewhere. Do what? I had one last night, actually, and I'm going to tell it it to you after your story here. Well, this, I was standing somewhere talking to somebody, and they were standing on my left. I remember that. There were other people that were around. And all of a sudden, there was this bright flash of light off to my right. And I looked. I looked back at the person. I said, this is it. I grabbed him by the hand and I felt a shock wave. It was like this huge wave of energy. Just, just boom. I knew my body was gone, but I was still standing there. Holy and shit. Like you got, like got evaporated. Almost, but not quite. Everything looked different. Uh, some of the people that were there were gone. Some of the people that were there were still there. And I woke up after that and I'm telling you, there was such a, I was trying to make sense of it for days and days and days. And it was just burned into my mind. And then when I started driving a taxi, I I got on this website called Gaia.com. Right. I know that one. I found this show with David Wilcock and Corey Good which those guys have been made a lot of fun of in the last few years. Uh, a lot of people are calling them crackpots, things like that. But they got me started. Uh, was watching Cosmic Disclosure. I saw a few episodes. I'm like, oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they started talking about a solar flash. And I'm like, dude, I had a dream about a solar flash like that. This big burst of energy. And... They went on to talk about how our solar system is moving through a part of our galaxy that we've never been in before. Uh, We're moving into a higher frequency of energy. And we have been for the last several years. It's just getting more intense. I love it. And it is a scientific deal. You can actually look that up. We are moving into a higher energy. I've seen, I've actually seen some uh, MSM news blurbs about it. Now, people who are not ready for that energy, they start going crazy. And when I found out about it, I told my family, you're going to start seeing some people losing their minds. You know, they're not ready for that energy. Well, this goes back, sorry to cut you off, but this goes back to the Bible too, where uh, I, I think it's in Thessalonians. I'm not sure. I'm not 100%. 
but it says uh, people will tell you things like that. Uh, it says something like uh, people will start seeing things where men's heart will fail them. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, with that given, uh, we are in the Great Awakening. We are in the beginning stages of the Golden Age of Humanity. We need to let go of fear. If, if they're trying to scare you with something, if they're giving you information that makes you afraid, pay no attention to it because it's BS. We are on a positive timeline to enter the Star Trek future. Star Trek was put in our society to basically as a seed um, for people who watched it and got interested in it that was a seed implanted in their consciousness to prepare them for what's coming. Um, and supposedly in 2012, we were, there were multiple timeline possibilities before 2012. Uh, and it was, we were actually supposed to have been gone 2012, but something happened, which changed us over to a positive timeline. Okay, after 2012, there were two timelines going. Um, the Golden Age of Humanity timeline and the New World Order timeline. Okay, I hear that, yep. All right, now, back before Donald Trump decided to run for president, we were headed toward that New World Order timeline. Project Looking Glass. I heard you mention something about that in one of your other podcasts. Yep. Project Looking Glass. Hillary Clinton and all her cronies and all the, the, the powers that used to be used that technology. That's why they were so certain that they were going to win. But in their effort to see what they wanted to see, they saw what they wanted to see. It was based on their preconceptions of something that was going to happen. Now, when you use that technology without preconceptions, you're going to see the most probable timeline. Okay. And this, let me interrupt you, is humanity uniting. The what? Humanity unites. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes. When Trump got elected, that started the fork when Trump got elected and it it really didn't have anything to do with Trump himself. He was, he was approached and asked to run for certain reasons. He never wanted to be president, but he was asked to do so by the earth Alliance. A lot of people don't know that, but it brought us over into the golden age of humanity timeline. We're still in that split where it's really close to the new world order timeline. So there's still a little um, conflict going on. Things look crazy right now, but we're basically when people say we live in a matrix, they're right. Basically what we are experiencing in our lives right now is a living movie. The end is already decided. 
just like it said in the Bible. The end is decided, but just like in a movie or in a book, you don't jump to the final chapter, do you? You read the story in between. That's what exactly. we're looking at right now. <clears throat> uh, I think it's up to us to manifest the golden age. Yes. Yeah. It is. More it is people, up the more people that wake up, we can manifest that golden age. That's why a lot of the things that we're seeing going on was allowed to go on so that it could wake up enough people that will stand up and they're and people are standing up. Look at Australia. You know, yep. they're getting ready to get rid of their government. Not even Australia, but everywhere, man. Like a yeah, lot of places. The United States is behind. And it just blows my mind that, you know, the one place that is known for standing up for freedom and everything, we're just kind of sitting on our butts. It's the same here in Canada, brother. And it, it's just, but... I tell people, do not give in to the fear. Everything will be okay. Things are going to start changing in the next couple of years. The powers that used to be, supposedly, were in Antarctica dealing with the terms of their surrender. Once those terms are fulfilled, they will be sent to another planet and another galaxy pretty much a prison planet dude that rem uh, that reminds me of um we have uh rebel j who's on my show but i work with him and he's also in our whatsapp chat uh-huh and uh you probably have interacted with him no doubt because he's one of the most active uh users in there but i told him the other day when he was talking about getting uh shipped off off planet or off uh -huh. world I said, dude, that's like Superman 2. You ever see Superman 2? Like the Christopher Reeve? Yeah, it's been years. The three villains who are all dressed in black, they get shipped off in like a tiny little triangle, triangular yeah. glass prison out the into the ground. Oh, yeah. Yep. Dude, I'm telling you, it is all connected. Everything, man. Yeah. It, the majority of your sci-fi movies... Not everything in the movie, but a lot of the technologies you see, it's based uh, on truth. The entities and things you see are disclosure. Yep. And the thing about it is, when you understand that in order not to actually break the law of free will that was set down by the, the creator God, these dark entities have found a way to skate around it basically sure um, when the television came out and think of that word tell a vision tell a vision they, or tell live vision they spell it tell a vision but just say the word it's tell a vision mm -hmm. they're telling you what they want you to know what they want you to see on these tv programs the word program they're programming your mind to think the way they want you to think. Okay. Hollywood stems back to the ancient Druidic times. The Druids, their magical wands, so to speak, were made from the wood of the holly. Exactly. Their wands had magic. 
therein the term, the magic of Hollywood. And it's all because, intention. Uh, magic is all intention based. Yes. Now, they programmed us since the inception of television to believe what we see on the TV is not real, that it's all make-believe. They did that for a purpose. For them to get away with pretty much breaking the law of free will is they had to show us and tell us what they were going to do or what they were doing. Which comes back down to everything is hidden in plain sight. Right. They had to tell us in order to get away with it. Now, if we had stood up and said, no, we don't consent, they wouldn't have done it. But they programmed us to believe what we were seeing was not real. Well, that's the thing. They have to program us to consent to whatever it is they want to do. Right. And if we don't stand up and say no, that's the same as giving consent. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's how they've gotten away with it for so long. But like I said, over the last couple of years, it's been slow. But the ET influence is gone. The Earth Alliance, the Galactic Federation of Worlds, also the Inner Earth Alliance of the Inner Earth beings that have been there for eons, uh, they escaped the surface, went underground to escape the cataclysms that would happen here on a fairly regular basis on the surface deep underground they're not affected so they were able to continue their uh technological advancement but are, i'm sorry but, are they are they afraid of the light are they afraid no. of uh the sun no it, it's not they have their technology from what I understand, I've heard a few people, different people talk about it. They have the technology. They have got an artificial sun. Uh, it's basically plasma, from what I've, I've heard. Is, is this the black sun that the Nazis are so, so obsessed with? No. Oh, okay. It's, it's, it's an actual, it basically mimics our star, the sun, underground which they've got huge biospheres. They've got all kinds of, of animal, plant life. They've got water. You know, they've got heat. It's everything that they need. Uh, but they're not being affected by what happens up on the surface. Well, that seems a little obvious because they're just down there, right? Like, right. Doing and their own thing. Lemuria? Lemuria? I was talking about in the WhatsApp the other day. Lemuria, uh, yeah. Some of them are uh, down there. There's also some of the inner earth beings that are responsible for the legend of the elves with the pointed ears. Oh, shit. They are there. Um, the Anshar, uh, which I've heard Corey Good talk about as well as others. They're part of the inner earth. They're... Uh, good guys uh they they want us to basically evolve but we're headed that direction and i tell everybody like i said i I go back to that part stay away from fear if it's trying to make you afraid of something leave it alone 
It's not legit. It's BS. Yeah. It's not a part of you. Like God said, he gave us a spirit of a sound mind and, uh, you know, like not a spirit of fear, but of a sound mind and uh, love or whatever, you know, it's like, it's all frequency based, dude. Everything. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say fear, I'm talking about fear of the unknown. Right. Now, if you're out in the woods and, you know, say a mountain lion or big ass bear comes up in front of you, that kind of fear is a healthy fear. That fear says, get the fuck out of here. You're about to get eat. Yeah, that's different. That's a total different thing. <laughs> but, and another thing I wanted to say too, you talk about people uniting. I see it happening. I see it all over TikTok. People talking about uniting. You know, they don't care what your skin color is, what you come, where you come from. They love you anyway. And I was just telling a friend of mine the other day, you can love someone and not like them at the same time. You can have basically what they call a godly love, not want anything to happen to somebody, do not wish any ill will or harm to come to a person, uh, but yet not like their actions. You get what I'm well, saying? Yeah, well, that's where Jesus comes in and says, love thy, love your enemy, right? That, that is the true definition of unconditional love. Yep. Right there. Dude, I go about my daily life at work and everything. I smile at people. I give them a wink. I wave. Everybody fucking sees me coming. They gave me a wave. They love me, you know? Right. That's what it's all about, man. Like, that fucking frequency, man. Yep. I, I tell people I love them all the time. <laughs> at first, it felt kind of weird to tell another guy, you know, hey, I love you, man. But that society influence. Exactly. I say it all the time to people, man. Fuck, I love you, man. I've said a lot here recently. I always throw in the no homo, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we are homos. Homo sapiens. <laughs> yeah, well, according to science, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah, it, it's like, um, yeah, I heard those sirens, and first thing went through my mind was, it wasn't me. <laughs> what do they know about me that I don't? <laughs> oh man, it just things are gonna get better. I get my moments to where I'm upset. Things are not happening as fast as I want them to. Been hearing about these sealed indictments, people being arrested and tried for crimes against humanity for years now, and I'm like, why is it not happening? Come on. But then I well, start back and I'm like, look, you know, with so much control that has been going on for so many years, you can't just take it down all at once. You know, it's like trying to build a wall. It takes one block at a time. With so much intricacy and so long that these powers that used to be have had control. It takes a while to completely dismantle them. Well, that's but. exactly it. I mean, like you see every day now, there's something going on in uh, the mainstream media, where especially now with CNN, like there's pedophiles in the fucking that work for them. And it's like, yep, uh, yeah. Look at fucking what's his name, um, Anderson Cooper, right? <laughs> like yeah. he's got 
He's got his mother who's hanging pictures of him and his brother or whatever with like, and she's like witch. She's a witch. She's got like all this witch symbolism and everything. All these mm-hmm. people are being exposed now. And it's going to take time, but I, right. I, I definitely think we're going to get through this, you know? Look at, uh, who was it, Chris Cuomo? Oh, I think, wait, 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 your, your audio is fucked up. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, but you're tinny. I'm what? You sound tinny. Tinny? Yeah, hold on. Uh, is that like a Canadian term, sir? <laughs> you sound like you're talking through a tin can. Oh. Is it yeah, pull, pull your mic out and put it back in. Well, I don't have a mic. I'm on speakerphone. <laughs> oh, shit. Hold on. That might be all the background noise that's causing it. Hold on. Yeah. Just a second. Step inside. I'm on my front porch. Is that that's probably why. No. No. That sucks, dude. Yeah, I can edit this out. Don't worry. Okay. What about now? Any better? Nope. No? Damn it. No. Yeah, I don't know how to. I don't know how to take it off of uh, off of that. Is this any better? Oh yeah, there you go. Okay, um, I've got it up to my face. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's better. Okay. Um, but I'm getting a little echo. What what were we talking about? Uh, 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 I don't remember. Uh, fucking... I lost my train of thought. It derailed. Why? Yeah, I'm getting a lot of echo when I speak. Huh. Oh, no, that's good now. Okay, I'll start yeah, saying that. Yeah, we're, we're good. Totally good they now. May not, they may not uh, appreciate what we've been talking about. Well, I'll that's the thing. With a lot of podcasters say that, oh, we must have been talking too much truth. You're cutting us right. off. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's weird, too, because I'd be on the phone a conversation with my girlfriend, and then all of a sudden I hear myself talking for a minute, or I'll hear somebody say something. It wasn't her. There's nobody else in the house. Or all of a sudden my phone call just ends, and I've got, you know, full bars. Yeah, it's weird, eh? I cut up with her, and I'm like, oh, they must not like what I have to say. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm actually not going to cut that out because I think it's going to be cool for people to hear. <laughs> right. <laughs> but oh, so I yeah, this one experience that my girlfriend had while I was on the road, and uh, it was kind of trippy. I thought, man, why, why the hell wasn't I home to experience that? It was like one o'clock in the morning, and she was sitting here in the house. And all of a sudden, she hears this noise, sounded like a a big engine winding up, almost like a, a jet engine winding up. And then she said there was this bright flash, and the flash was bright enough to shut all the street lights off. And then wow. all of a sudden, the power went out for just a minute. But it wasn't the lights in the house. All it was was the electronics. Oh, that sounds like EMP. And she heard right after the the uh, engine starting up and the flash, you know, 
if it was a transformer or something like that, you would have heard an explosion. There was no explosion. And within just a few minutes, the electronics came back on. So sounds like explanation... uh, a direct energy weapon. Well, <clears throat> my explanation to her was there was a craft, probably one of ours, a reverse engineered craft, right here over the house somewhere close enough that opened up a portal and their jump engines or whatever is what she heard wind up the flash was them going through the portal which created an emp shockwave a small yep and that's what shut the electronics off for a couple of minutes that these was my the, explanation. These are the things that people, uh, like, so, quote-unquote normies, couldn't fucking comprehend. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we're just right. topics that are just like, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, I, I, I hear what you say. You know what I mean? Whereas other people are like, oh, you guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I used to carry a card around in my wallet that said, I don't suffer from insanity. I enjoy every minute of it. Fucking hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's why you and I connected so like right right off the bat when we were playing Call of Duty, eh? Right. I yeah. think the ladies got kind of aggravated at us singing all them Megadeth songs, but <laughs> <laughs> dude, I sung Megadeth in the shower when I was like twelve or thirteen. <laughs> right, right. I was singing right so high and so far to foul of plan and dignity. <laughs> oh my god euphoria's high more borrowed money or borrowed time dude i'm telling you fuck oh, i fucking knew all this shit back when i was a kid or early teen preteen and it's like it just didn't really click with me you know what i mean yeah and now yeah. it's everything clicking with me and i started this show and it's just like it's been, I've been so blessed with like all the people that I've been meeting, you know, like fuck, even on the game, even on Call of Duty while I'm playing, like everything's a part of everything, you know? Right. It's wild. I love it. Now, as far as going back to my explanation to her for what she experienced, it was like, boom, it was right there. I had an explanation for it. So that's the weird thing about me is I don't see spirits. I know they're around and I can, basically explain why something may happen with some with something like that exactly because you're thinking on the meta you're thinking on the metaphysical level not the materialistic level right but the overall gist of what i'm trying to say is i think i was given the gift of understanding you know even listening to david wilcock one time talking about quantum science and talking about uh this and that I had no experience with quantum science, but I could follow and understand everything that he was saying. Sure. I understood it without ever having any experience with it. Just like you can't follow, quote unquote, the science when it comes to COVID because it's fucking totally nonsensical, right? <laughs> Omicron. <laughs> That's the anagram for the word moronic. Right? And then, yeah, I think we told, I, I think I told you this before, but... Uh, Delta and Omicron, the anagram is media control. 
(laughs) (laughs) Like, it's so easy to see. Like, right. Wow, man. You know, once you see it, it's like, you can't see that shit. They just released like the top five symptoms of Omicron. Dude, that's the exact same symptoms of the common cold. Yeah, which it is. Dude, I fucking posted. I posted this thing today. I think you might have liked it. I don't know, but um, I it was just my own thought. It was like, imagine where the news would show you the cases of the common cold and the flu, and then um, it's like because that's that's exactly what they're doing, right? Dude, I don't get a lot of uh, like a ton of likes on my post, but that one I have almost two hundred already. Right. And I just posted this morning. I'm like, holy fuck, what the hell's going on here? Now, I told you my girlfriend had been sick. She's got COPD, emphysema. And, oh, you know, she's had pneumonia twice in the last couple months. Does she smoke? She used to. She's been quit over three years now. Oh, wow. She uh, still's got it, eh? The thing is, she had all the symptoms of COVID, but she's been tested eight different times. And has never had COVID. Interesting. I've been driving a truck through this whole thing. I've never gotten COVID. Did you get and tested at all? No. I've never had any reason to get tested. Yeah, no symptoms at all. Yeah. Right. Now, the thing about it is, I explained. I, I made yeah, a but joke. You, you do know that no symptoms is a symptom. <laughs> oh my god I, I, I think I got brain cancer because I couldn't remember <laughs> what I was thinking a minute ago dude they made they fucking made they made mass hip, hypochondria on a, on a global scale right it's crazy now, bro I said something to a buddy of mine the other day whose name is also David uh, <laughs> I told him I said you know what if people can identify as the opposite sex, even though they've got not the right parts for it, not that there's anything wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't yeah. go after me like they went after Dave Chappelle. Don't get butt hurt. This is just a joke. But <laughs> that's for anybody who might hear it and get a little upset. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> they got offended. So what? You got offended, but you didn't wake up with your liver next to you, did you? But anyway. Uh, I'll tell him, I said, if people can identify as the opposite sex or identify as a cat or whatever, I identify as immune to COVID. Or, or immune to fear. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, and, do you like to, you like tool, right? Uh, of course. Maynard yeah. Is the shit, dude. So fear inoculum. It's like they fucking knew this was coming and right? we knew we had to be inoculated against fear, right? Yep. You got tool, you got perfect circle, and then you've got Pussifer. Yeah. All three Maynard. My favorite yes. Pussifer song is Mama Said. <laughs> oh fuck, dude. I fucking love all that shit. Anyway, um, so it we're out an hour and a half, so I'm gonna um I don't wanna cut you off, but I wanna ask you what the what do you think is the greatest hope for humanity right now is Unity. Unity and strength and numbers and against the one percent. Come together as humanity. We need to stop looking at the differences and start focusing on the similarities. We may have different skin color. We may be from different areas. 
But I'll say, like I told a friend of mine in Pine Bluff, Arkansas at a hotel, I told him, said, look, man, we have different backgrounds. We have different skin colors. We go through things. But the thing that most people need to understand, everybody needs to understand, yeah, the circumstances may be slightly different, but guess what? We all experience the same exact human emotions. That's such an empathetical thing to say. Like, I love it because there's quite a few people in the podcast community that I've spoken to and uh, people have been saying, dude, you're an empath. And then there's like, there's multiple people being told that they've been, they're an empath. Right. I, I have empathy. A lot of it with my musical background, my interest in that kind of thing and movies and things like that, man, if there's a sad part in a horror movie, I've got tears. You know, yeah, same I'm here. Not, I'm not afraid to admit I was the only adult in the movie theater when Twilight Breaking Dawn. Oh, God. Jacob comes in to kill Renezme, the baby. He comes in and they lock eyes and he goes down to his knees. I lost my shit, dude. That was such a powerful emotional thing that just hit me straight in the feels. I'm talking waterworks big time. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, I think one of the main things to unite with people is to get in touch with your own emotions so that you can get in touch with other people's emotions as well. Right. Yeah. Like, like I said, that's, that's one of the biggest things I think people need to understand is we all experience the same human emotions. We are all the same. We may look different, but we're all the same. Unless you're a psychopath. Well, yeah, those people are mostly devoid of emotion. Yeah, that's the problem, right? That's the human, uh, one of the human problems yeah. that people I have. Uh, they're, they're, I can't say they're void of emotion because they're not. They just have absolutely no moral compass. They do not have um, that little voice inside them saying, hey, this is wrong. You shouldn't be doing this. It's like the devil on their shoulder just uh, threw a spear, threw the pitchfork at the angel, right. and the angel's non-existent, right? Yeah, and, and I also believe that there are some humans born in this world that are not human, that somehow in the process of being born, an evil entity slipped in before the actual human soul was able to attach to that body. Holy shit. Yeah. I, th- I think that's most of our fucking uh, globally. That's most of our politicians. <laughs> right. Honestly. They're either that or they're, they used to be them lizards in disguise, but they're all gone now. Yeah. But like, seriously, dude, if you think about it, it's like, you have to be some kind of fucking psychopath to be able to gain a position of like a top tier politician because you have to make the decision to go to war and then therefore kill a lot of fucking innocent people and people that may not be innocent, but still like you have to be very uh, stable to do that. Quote, stable meaning. Right. 
Because I certainly couldn't do that. I couldn't. No, I, I can't step on somebody else and push them down to raise myself higher. No, Not dude. It's like I, I definitely appreciate the people that go to war for our countries, but at the same time, those people really need to fucking uh, get their head out of their ass and say, "Am I really fighting for the right thing?" Right. Now, I guess my final words, I guess I could say we're reaching that hour and a half. Um, my final word to everybody who's listening is spend your life with unconditional love. Be quick to forgive. Forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Let go of things in the past. The past does not affect you unless you give it that power. It doesn't serve you. Don't worry about the future. All that we ever experience is the here and now. We can't experience the past. It's gone. We can't experience the future. It hasn't come yet. Live in the moment. Love in the moment. Do not fear. Stand together. Unite as one human race. And we will defeat the bad guys. It's already written. We just have to fulfill it. Dude, I fucking absolutely love it. It's fantastic. And with that, I think we'll wrap up, dude. Do you want to plug anything? Like, do you have any um, social media you want to plug where people can follow you or talk to you, get a hold of you? Well, not really. I mean, I'm on... I'm on TikTok, but <laughs> I mean, I don't really talk about anything like this. I just get on there and I'm a, I act goofy. Uh, That's cool, if man. Anybody, if anybody would like to have me on their podcast, if they're listening, you can contact me at twistedreaper47 at gmail.com and I'll get back with you. Um, Is it 47 um, or 74? 47 at gmail oh shit it's okay. 74 on here on but on what about instagram instagram is twisted reaper 46 okay um i think it's 46 yeah um but yeah i'm thanks to you i'm thinking about maybe doing a, a podcast next year i'm still yeah. rolling it over in my head so seriously dude just fucking well, for me, it's like I just put everything that I know, like I've, I've done a lot of research, and a lot of fucking listening to a lot of podcasts over the years and shit. And I just decided to do my own show after I got on uh, my friend Nico's podcast. I was like, you know what? I can do this. Right. Uh, that's what it's all about, man. It's getting on that fucking upper frequency, uh, you know, uh, living out a purpose kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. I love it. Well. But it has been awesome talking with you. Thank dude, you for the opportunity to. For get sure, on dude. This is the first time doing something like this, and I've been excited about it for days. That's awesome. <laughs> now let's go kill some motherfuckers on uh, Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. Gonna, uh, let's see what time is it. It's well, time to be see. Yeah, I don't have much time to do that because I've got to go pick my grandson up from work at midnight. So. Okay, all good. <laughs> another time. I will. I will catch you at another time. Yeah, dude. Awesome. Love it, man. I love you, Homo, and uh, God bless you. The <laughs> love creator. you too, brother.
you uh you stay warm up there in that cold ass Canadian weather. Dude, it's it's not that cold up here right now. It was seventy three <laughs> degrees here in Tennessee today. Holy shit. Uh, that kept me yeah, the, the Christmas feeling's not been here because it ain't been gold. <laughs> yeah, we actually had like a little bit of uh white ground, uh like snow on the ground on Christmas Day, but then it pretty much dissipated midday. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but whatever, it's all Saturnalia bullshit anyway. <laughs> yeah. Mother Nature's off her bipolar meds. I called Walgreens <laughs> earlier to see if they could fulfill them, but they said they couldn't. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Thanks for coming on, man. Fucking right. awesome. Night, awesome. Love you. you too. Thank you guys so much once again for tuning in to Red Pill Cartel. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I had a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, you guys know what to do. Uh, you know, we still have, um, Alexandra Wells, uh, five-year-old daughter of Ken Wells, uh, the illustrious chef who I had on two episodes ago. Um, but yeah, she's suffering from a, you know, a, a benign brain tumor that's, you know, keeps filling back in the liquid and hardening three surgeries she had it's all the same shit going on on repeat and you know if she if they actually decide to do a uh, full full on surgery to get it completely out then there's a very high chance of her uh, getting like a brain stem and she's not going to be the same person anymore and then you know, they gotta drain the fluid out of the sack, out of the coming out of her head. Like it's not good, dude. You know, so I just hope if you guys could be willing to donate some money to that, and uh, I'm not gonna plug uh, my Patreon because that doesn't even fucking matter at this point with with that. So, uh, but uh, if you don't trust me, like she is in the U.S., you know, um, they are in the U.S. If you don't trust me about this, then I will tell you to gain more trust is that I don't have access to withdrawing the money so it goes all to him and uh, his family and Alexandra so I just want to you know be very uh, adamant about that so uh, yeah guys and um, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight and I love you guys and uh, see you next time